All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Manoush, the host of Note to Self, the show that looks at how technology is changing our everyday lives. Watch this space for new episodes coming soon. But right now, you are about to hear one of our most favorite episodes ever. If you're hearing it for the first time, enjoy. If you've heard it before, it might sound different with all the recent headlines about privacy, data, and democracy. There's a lot shifting right now. Meanwhile, if you want to discuss further or just be in touch, you can always reach me at Z M-A-N-O-U-S-H-Z, on Twitter or at ManoushZ.com. For now, thanks for listening. Picking your nose, saying thank you, kissing your partner on the cheek, rolling your eyes behind your mom's back. Life is a jumble of gestures, sayings, emotions, and sounds. Think of them as notes on a page, or members of an orchestra, or even data points. Individually, they don't say much, but put them all together And they can tell the story of your day, your life, a beautiful melody, or maybe something far more complex and layered, a story about our deepest, weirdest selves. It's Note to Self, the tech show about being human. I'm Anoush Samarodi. And this week, how data can spark the imagination, and how compiling and parsing the little things in your life can lead to some serious self-discovery, maybe even a deep friendship, and some gorgeous art. And we're going to do it with sound, actually, and with guidance from these two extremely creative minds. Hi, I'm Giorgia Lupi. I'm Italian, but I live in New York. Um, I am formally trained as an architect, but I work as an information designer. I'm Stephanie Posovac. I'm an American living in London, and I am an information designer. Over the course of a year, Georgia and Stephanie collected personal data points, and they turned them into postcards, complete with an old-fashioned stamp. So these postcards would crisscross the ocean, kind of like delivering a chapter of an autobiography, but told through data. To really get this, you need to understand that these postcards are like nothing you've ever seen. Each one is hand-drawn, full of brightly colored symbols like arrows, 
dots and lines, musical notes, stars, even coat hangers. And each little symbol represents a moment, a thing, a taste, or a thought. Flip the postcard over, read the key on the other side, and understand how the symbols begin to make sense. And they transform from abstract art to a deeply personal portrait. When Stephanie and Georgia began their project in 2014, they were just acquaintances. And they figured that this could be the perfect way for two data designers to forge a long-distance friendship. So every week, they picked a theme, like time, or transportation, or swearing, or envy. And they kept track of it. They tallied it in every form it could possibly take. And then they'd crunch the numbers and at the end of the week, turn the results into information and postcard art. Now all those postcards have been compiled into a book called Dear Data. So we took our uh, distance, so we made that our biggest asset. And so that's how we came up with this idea of uh, gathering data and uh, drawing it and sending it to each other as postcards. And I think really asking at the same time, the question, you know, can we get to know each other through our data? There's also another thing. In this era when we breathe by refreshing our status, yeah, yeah. there's really a value in experimenting with something that promotes a slower behavior. And I think that that was also something that led us to discover about each other, yeah, really right. waiting for something that is not a letter from your bank or something, <laughs> right? So when you see the front of the postcard popping popping up, um, most of the times I will just like save it for later. So I will, you know, um, walk on the elevator and wait to get upstairs with a cup of coffee to spend the time just really With reading your about platonic that. love letter yeah. <laughs> yeah a love letter carefully crafted and drawn our artists Stephanie and Georgia are going to take us through three of these postcards so we can see and hear this data because sound is how you and I talk every week right so let's go down the rabbit hole and get to know these two data nerds in their own little wonderland we're going to start with what was week 3 a week of thank yous page 18 and 19 in the Dear Data book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Grazie mille. Thank you. Well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So on each page, it's the front of the postcard and the back of the postcard. And on one side, Georgia's on the left, Stephanie's always on the right. And then there's a little description at the bottom. So it says, Georgia realized that she's a compulsive thanker of waitresses and waiters. That's a good thing, I think. (laughs) And then she also figured out, it says, that she should eat at home more often. And so the front of the postcard, it's black and white. It's these like sort of radiating squiggly (laughs) things with circles that have dots in them and some are just dots. It kind of looks like feathers and then there's like a little bit of red dots as well. And if you look at it, you think, oh, well, this is a very pretty drawing. But then you turn it over and it says each squiggle represents something. So the little S-like one means family or friends or acquaintances or B, boyfriend. That makes sense. And what what strikes me is this idea of something as mundane as thank yous says so much more about your life 
And then it also turns it into something beautiful. In that um, week, I reported every single time I will thank somebody and somebody will thank me. And adding a lot of details about who or he or she was, if it was in real life or through an email or text. Also, as I'm Italian and I have a lot of Italian friends and my boyfriend is also Italian, if it was an English thank you or an Italian grazie. And um, a lot of other information about how much it was meant. This is one of these things that your mind can trick you with. So you are starting to notice that you're about to say thank you, but then you think, <laughs> so you're anticipating it. Yeah. That week, I remember that it was the first week that I was like, I don't want to aggregate my data in a chronologic way. This is actually one of my favorite postcards because it's very detailed and precise data-wise. Um, even if my boyfriend says that he's 100% sure that he thanked me more times <laughs> than the ones I reported, but this is because he wasn't counting. <laughs> right, right. So, And it's also one of my favorite because it's the first time that it taught something about me. Like, really, I, I don't thank so much friends and families. I really thank much more strangers. I think it's something that um, possibly everyone could relate if they would be counting it. Okay, so over to the other side of the page is Stephanie's, and her postcard actually looks like a Pro Tools session that we use in a podcast. (laughs) Like, it has all these, like, upside-down triangles. Some of them are really clumped together, and it looks like it's pencil. Just, it's very sort of stark. It's um, white background and pencil. And then it says, hi, Georgia. So this week was a challenge. Thank yous are a challenge, particularly within close relationships. I'm sure I missed thank yous to my husband. But this was an unusual week. I was traveling for work to Helsinki. So I spent mornings in my hotel room and really didn't thank anyone but shop workers and airport workers. But then in the key, if the triangle is just an outline, then it's a total stranger. If it's an acquaintance, then it has light lines across the triangle. And if it's a very close relationship, then it has sort of darker lines across it. And then... The horizontal lines all represent Monday, Tuesday, the different days of the week. So each day represented by a horizontal line, each thank you placed on the line according to a time of thank you. What do you feel and and think when you see this, Stephanie? George's data is much more complex than mine, but I'm all right with it. I like to, I like to keep it simple. I, I can never really like uh, collect as much detailed data as her. What but- I liked about some of yours, sorry to interrupt, but there would be in some of the postcards, you'd be like, there was no data collected on Saturday, went out drinking, went on out drinking for a long time and you just would like own it yeah so like we would call those data voids where <laughs> um you know at least like we're you know we're being honest there was one week where i completely forgot to track because i was really busy and and it just spaced my mind it was a you know like all of these things and so those count the emissions count as much as mm. what is what is added so it's like I'm really happy. I'm with my friends. I'm with my partner. I'm out having a really great time or I'm really, really stressed or, or yeah, I'm at a wedding. What I really like about working with data and collecting the thank yous is data is something that's around us. We make data like it's ever present. And so I like this idea of using data to sketch the, this rhythm of life that is kind of reverberating below the surface. Although I think I agree with uh, Georgia, like I said two thank yous to my husband this week, which is terrible, but I was I was away. It was kind of like an out of the ordinary <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, you had a lot of thank yous I could see like right after lunchtime. 
Yeah, like I would venture out into into Helsinki. How do you say thank you in Finnish? And it, that's the only word that I, I knew is uh, kitos. 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 So let's move on to week seven, complaints. <laughs> I love that week. Back to school is hard. I drink so much coffee that my bottom teeth are turning brown. It's disgusting. Converse sneakers are not as comfortable as they claim to be. Oh, man, the F train. I hate dealing with the delicates in my laundry. Georgia's yours looks like a score, a musical score, because you turned each of your complaints into a type of note. So um, a whole note is symbolized as a complaint that you made to a family or a friend. A half note is to a stranger. (laughs) Well, so in general, I think that um, what I found after a week of tracking my complaint was really how many of these complaints were not necessary at all. So I'm always complaining, especially to my boyfriend, about things that are totally, you know, I could really, really spare him. Like, I'm cold. This place is really, is really ugly. I hate the life of this place. The service is so slow. I mean, why do I bother, really? Yeah, and so I think that, I mean, visually, I've always been very much fascinated by um, the repetitiveness of the language of music notation. And I Mm. thought that it was a perfect reference to show the repetitiveness over time of my complaints and also the level, like, where they really needed. Okay, Stephanie, yours is in color, and it looks kind of like, um, to me, it looks like the threads of a tassel sort of drawn. Does that, is that yeah, fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I actually really like this week for a variety of reasons, but I really like it because my parents were visiting London, and I knew I, I was tracking complaints that week, and I, I said to my mom, I was, I said, oh, well, you know, I'm gathering data on all my complaints um, that I say out loud, how I complain in my head and then also people complaining around me and then my mom says oh I bet you your dad will win <laughs> she <laughs> leans so in good. she whispers and says it to me and he did he did win so like oh, my yeah, dad's he, a complainer too yeah I, I my dad is wonderful and I because I complain a lot as well so we have this this in common but the top complainer to me that week was was my dad and so I was drawing this and like kind of like I had, I had these statistics on the back of the postcard um so like I complain the most to my husband so he's a very patient man um and I'm complaining the most about my family because they were um, obviously visiting also, I was trying to do this postcard, and I was doing it in a hotel at a conference when I was going to go and see Georgia after, and so I was trying to draw it, and then my pens were leaking, and then I, I messed up the whole postcard, and like, I just made like all it's these mistakes. Meta. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very <laughs> meta, so there are all these complaints in the legend as well. Your statistics were you got 67 private complaints, meaning you said it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's very honest. 100 outward complaints. Complaints to me was 43. The number of people who complained to you was five. The number of people that you complained to was six. But it's interesting, you guys kind of complained about the same things, whether um, husband or partner, yes. 
uh, health <laughs> myself, which is kind of sad. Oh. Um, you complained, yeah, about somebody. You complained about the world today, <laughs> uh, inanimate objects, your appearance, technology. Um, you complained about animals, Stephanie, but Georgia, you had no complaints about animals, mm, I yeah. see. No many animals in New York in my life. <laughs> right. Cold. You complained about feeling cold, Georgia. A lot, that's a yours. Lot, that a your, lot. That's your thing. Okay. Um, okay, cool. I complain a lot, too. When we come back, the sounds that Georgia and Stephanie heard, and that for one week, they did not take for granted. My husband drinking coffee, fixing his bike, appliances, footsteps, pushing chairs back in a cafe, uh, rustling or shuffling newspapers. Manoush Samarodi, you are listening to Note to Self, and I'm talking to Georgia Lupi and Stephanie Posavac, two data scientists who, for one year, sent each other postcards filled with amazing hand-drawn representations of their personal data. Yeah, nerdy and beautiful. A different thing each week. What they bought, how many times they felt desire, and different kinds of desire. These postcards are now compiled into a book called Dear Data, And it is so deeply personal that the title really is the perfect twist on Dear Diary. So let's pick up at week 32, Sounds. I think it's very interesting because in the beginning, you notice only the, uh, of course, the louder sounds or the sounds that are more familiar. But then I remember that that after one week of doing that exercise every hour, I would really be listening. And like sometimes I could even hear like uh, the, the, the sound of my breath, the sound of my heart. Just this very careful noticing and, and listening I do notice sounds more. Like, I've really been noticing um, the difference in sound between London and New York while Mm -hmm. I've been here. You know, like, and the main Mm -hmm. thing is just hearing electricity everywhere. And I think... Here? Yeah. And, like, the air conditioning, and there's just so much humming of fans and things, like, AC around. So, um, yeah, some of my noises would be... Okay, so, of course, siren, <laughs> heater noise, na- neighbors splashing, car passing in the background, door locks, child crying, door closing, or yelling, or um, klaxon, music from a shop, uh, boyfriend typing, next keyboard, company nose, low voices, zip closes, laughters, uh, my breath, my heartbeat, um, ATM machine voice, or also, um, well, um, sex in the city audio, actually. <laughs> Like that? iPhone notification. Um, yeah. iPhone. Digital sound of the rain. I assume that was your alarm. Um, no, digital sound of the rain is actually something that I used to get asleep. Oh. It's like an app that just like, you know, <laughs> makes sounds as if it's raining. Stephanie, can you read just a few of yours? Uh, yeah. Um, my, my husband drinking coffee, humming, fixing his bike. Clanking bottles and uh, rolling wheels, like rolling carts, rolling suitcases, 
appliances, recorded music, um, people's movement, so footsteps, eating, pushing chairs back in a cafe, uh, rustling or shuffling newspapers, birdsong, wind in trees, transport, the hum of electricity, and then I've got this in- unusual sound category, so steel drum band, arcade games, church bells, and a horse. So much to count. <laughs> and a horse. Yeah. And a horse. It's just, uh, you know, as you do. Even before I interviewed Georgia and Stephanie, I felt like I actually knew them pretty intimately just by reading all these postcards. But I wanted to know, what had they left off the canvas? Was there something that they purposefully did not count? Something that either woman wanted to keep private just for herself? This is like data privacy on a very domestic scale. There are things that maybe we don't want to share and that's okay. So I gathered all this data that was very embarrassing and like I have a spreadsheet where it has the actual embarrassing things. Like? I, well, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. It was probably (laughs) things like having a fight with my husband or picking my nose, you know, (laughs) things that are, are things that you just wouldn't. That you would like be like, I don't want anyone to know that I did that, right? Yeah. Or like, yeah, or, or w- walking around in your in your underwear and like eating something out of the fridge, stuff like that. <laughs> like, I have all these things that I know what they are, but then I thought, well, I want to keep them private. So you know, we have our dear data life and interaction, but then my normal interaction is, I wouldn't want anyone to know it. I'd be all right if my husband knew it like if he saw me in my underwear eating out of the fridge like I'd probably be all right and then like you know would I be okay with my friends knowing or would I be okay with my parents knowing? so just to wrap it up what's the most I guess important thing that you learned about yourself Georgia and that you learned about Stephanie hmm we uh, had a week of negative thoughts and I remember how difficult it was when I felt that there was something wrong to really understand if it was like confusion anxiety Hmm. fear fear about something specific or general, there's something wrong that I cannot really figure out. Mm. And this is something that also after the week, I um, I wouldn't say that I kept on tracking, but every time that I felt that there was something wrong, I really tried to, okay, let's stop, stop and figure out what it is. So I think that I really discovered that the more I acknowledge the thing that are happening to my mind, the more I accept them, and then the more I can do something for them, which I think is very banal to say. No, you're blowing my mind right now, because (laughs) what you're saying is that by naming it and counting it, you gave very mundane things amazing powers, Mm -hmm. and you gave very personal and powerful things, like negative thoughts, you made them mundane. Yeah. And you actually, amazing. I mean, if you think about it, it's like sitting at a bar with a complete stranger and you feel that you can tell him everything, right? Because in the beginning, he's a stranger. So, yeah, it was a sort of like oversee data therapy session in a way. This is a project for me that's been the most revealing. I feel like I do reveal a lot about myself that I probably wouldn't tell to very many people professionally. Can you give me an example? Like, what what are you thinking of right now when um, you say that the most revealing? Oh well, it's more it's more just like uh, you know, if you're in a meeting, you need to sound very capable, like you know what you're doing. And but then I had a lot of uh, for the week of negative thoughts. Or a lot of my negative thoughts are about myself and feeling like an imposter I don't think I'm good enough or I'm angry like I don't I don't like this bit about myself I don't I I I don't like my appearance I don't feel confident and normally you would hide away and so but then having 
this is like the first time that I put it out there and I'm like, I'm okay. This is the type of person I am. I'm a pessimist and sometimes I don't like myself. And that was a very freeing feeling. Well, what we did for a year is pretty, you know, demanding, laborious. It takes really time and dedication. And we did it really to experiment um, deeply on ourselves. I-, I can say that we are very, very happy that after we made the project public, a lot of people are writing us um, and they are drawing their data. There are already some data pen pals, a lot of actually data pen pals huh. that are doing that, which is actually was our initial um, goal. Can we really make data more accessible, more humane, less about definitive answers and less about perfection, but more as the tool to understand something more and maybe to raise new questions? Just to add on that, I think, you know, when people talk about big data, they that sounds very intimidating and you need to have like particular skills to even understand it or to do data visualization you need to learn how to code or you need to use software but anyone can pick up a pencil and begin to explore it so it's very accessible but then also very democratic to remind people this is what data is it affects your life this is how you can begin to understand it a little bit more and then maybe like begin to have some agency and like and and know what's happening with the data around you in a bigger picture level Is there a plan for another project? Hmm. Mm, Yes. Yeah. That's all. (laughs) Oh. That's all I can say. I count one secret in this room. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. You guys, thank you both so much, Georgia and Stephanie. Thank you so much for having us. (sighs) Art and data. So inspiring. Um, so inspiring that actually I have been tracking my social media usage and seeing how I feel when I post. Like, am I humble bragging? Do I think twice about posting something and then stop from posting it? Um, Does being social feel like a chore? Or is it really doing what it's supposed to do, which is connect me with someone? Producer Mithley Rao had a baby earlier this year, and she tracked, before we ever did this episode, she tracked every time a man or a woman offered her a seat on the subway over the course of her nine months. I love that. The Note to Self team is Jen Poyant, Mithley Rao, Jenna Cagle, and Joe Plord. Many thanks to Hannes Brown for the beautiful sonic interpretations of those postcards that you heard about. You can hear more and see more at our website, at notetoselfradio.org. Note to Self is a production of WNYC Studios. I'm Manoush Samarodi. Should I complain some more? This is great. Can we do this every day? Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs>